Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. As you know, The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling. I want to thank all of you for your continued support in not only listening to the show, but also for the great feedback about the show and the guests. As a reminder, we invite you to join our Facebook page at R2R Podcast. That's R, the number two, R Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at R2R Podcast and Instagram at AJShark49. In this episode, I'm chatting with Christina Mond Lacani. Christina is an entrepreneur, writer, speaker, and the co founder of Mind Valley, a global school that delivers transformational education for all ages. In this great conversation, you will learn about her mission to help others create an extraordinary life through authenticity. We also talk about her new book, Becoming Flossom, and what it means to live by your own rules. Have a listen and enjoy. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Road's Rediscovery. Can you share with us what are some of the reasons that you have seen um, from those who wish to pursue authenticity and happiness? I mean, is it is it a, is it a, is it a particular event that may trigger someone mm-hmm. to pursue happiness, pursue authenticity? Is it just something that's innate within them? that wants to move in that direction or gravitate to that direction? Or since we're all people and we're all different, it could be uh, a Mm. number of different things, right? It could be very, uh, it can can vary. What are some of the things you've seen where um, that would cause people to want to pursue uh, maybe Mm -hmm. a bad relationship, addiction? Um, What are some of those? Well, I must say that probably I didn't pick my area of expertise very carefully because uh, people don't pursue neither happiness nor uh, authenticity. Uh, it's just not what people want to learn in general, which is funny and maybe a little bit counterintuitive coming from me. Uh, well, one of the things, uh, and, and they're different, they're different. I mean, happiness and authenticity, authenticity. Right not exactly uh, the same. So we, we can't talk about them, uh, lumping them together. So if we talk about happiness, uh, contemporary society doesn't value happiness enough. We um, want to be happy, but we don't want to uh, admit that happiness is something that we might want to pursue like a goal, like we would um, want to start a business or start a family. Uh, and it's I find it in- incredibly ironic being in personal growth for 20 years. Uh, the number one rule about anything in personal growth, whichever area you take, is that if you want to succeed in something, you have to work on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Parenthood. I just mentioned parenthood. You said, yes, it's important. You want to be a good parent. You have to uh, study it. You have to work on it. You can't Mm -hmm. randomly be a good parent. You want to have healthy body. You have to work on it. You you want to to be wealthy. You have to work on your wealth mindset, whatnot. Everything in personal growth starts with your desire to improve that area, except happiness. If you uh, listen to contemporary discourse about happiness 
then you will hear more often than not the idea that happiness is not to be chased because then you're not going to get it, which I find incredibly ironic because if we want to be happy and we don't work on that, how is it going to happen? And I do um, suspect that we want to be happy more than we like to admit because uh, for one, we, if, if I were to ask what would you want for the person who you love the most in your life, unconditionally love, you would probably say you just want them to be happy. You might want mm -hmm. a whole lot of other things, but ultimately we want our loved ones to be happy. Yeah. And we want it for ourselves as well, even if it's not a fashionable thing to admit. When it comes to authenticity, uh, there is a little bit different dynamics why people don't uh, seek authenticity. Generally, we don't consider ourselves inauthentic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason why somebody wants, and, and when, when that happens, when that breaking moment happens, uh, people usually don't go for authenticity. They just are so tired of being someone else. They just want to be themselves. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So people don't don't uh, go for authenticity per se. Uh, what I teach, uh, at least <laughs> at least how I present it, is I teach self love and self acceptance. Yes, and that is the topic that um, unites both because I think mm -hmm. that you cannot truly be happy unless you learn to uh, love and accept yourself. Mm -hmm. It's really mm -hmm. hard to be happy if you don't like who you are. And yes. also, uh, loving and accepting yourself is um, is probably the uh, end uh, end point of uh, seeking authenticity. I see. I see. Um, so I have a couple follow up questions there. One, yes. I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna step back to happiness, and then for the second one, I'll move on to authentic authenticity. So, um, in in stepping back to happiness, um, what are your thoughts on? I mean, so many different. You know, so many people say, I just want them to be happy yeah. or I want to be happy or if I get this, I am happy. And to me, all of those expressions and terms, it it implies that happiness is a destination, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and I want to know what are your thoughts on that? To me, it doesn't seem like happiness is a destination because uh, it's something we continuously work on and we're not going to be let's say doing cartwheels all every day, that happy, right? But being peace at peace and content with your life, with who you are as a person and in touch with who you are from your core inner self, um, that takes constant work. I mean, is happiness a destination? You know, I would be fine if it was a destination. Unfortunately, that's not even how we look at it. We no. think it's a prize, you're right, right. Even worse, because yeah. destination at least could be, um, could be the logical uh, conclusion to your journey. Yes, uh, which would have been okay in a way. Yes, uh, but uh, we look at it as a prize, as uh, as if it is something we have to earn and deserve by doing mm -hmm. all the right things, yet not actually aiming at happiness right. so uh and and we learned that interesting um interesting idea from childhood when when we are born at a very early age we are told uh, study well behave well uh do the right things um mm -hmm. get married well girls say get married have children <laughs> yeah and <laughs> happiness is implied if you do that you'll be happy so that's that's uh, one of the problems but you you very rightly uh, noticed uh, um that 
that it uh, we we have to define what happiness is. Yes. Uh, I don't think cartwheels is happiness. I don't think mm-hmm. uh, elation per se is happiness. And there are so many joyful emotions that we could talk about, whether it's excitement or anticipation or mm-hmm. just pure joy, pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there are a lot of, I mean, uh, these are just a few from the top of my head. But what I try, when I talk about happiness, what I try to impress on people is that if you equate happiness to an emotion, then by nature it's going to be elusive because emotions don't, the, the emotion is not a state. It's a fleeting moment. Right. The moment if you feel an emotion and the moment you start expressing emotion mm-hmm. or uh, looking inside and trying to uh, figure out the emotion, it changes. Right. Yes. Because that's the nature of emotion. They change mm-hmm. uh, unless you actually bottle them up. Then they'll <laughs> then they'll stink. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you equate happiness to emotion, then naturally it's not going to be um, forever. No. Uh, and that is a very uh, silly pursuit. So I, I suggest or I advise people to look at emotion, uh, sorry, at happiness as a state rather than emotion. Because state mm-hmm. is a much more stable condition and you can work on a state. And yes. what I find very interesting, I'm not a psychologist, but I love psychology dearly. So what I've noticed that psychology defines depression as a state. Mm. But there is no um, universally accepted definition of, uh, of something opposite, of the state which is content, which is at peace, which is uh, enjoying the moment. Uh, which is uh, maybe at peace with the way life is, enjoying not just the pleasurable moment, but sometimes the very humanly moment of uh, discomfort. Right. We don't have a definition of that state. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And and that is the opposite side, uh, you know, of depression, right? Yeah. Yeah, Because depression is a very numb, uh, well, it's, it's numb in the beginning, but it's, it's a very destructive state. But there is the opposite of that, and it is not neutrality. I don't believe in neutrality per se. I think neutrality is more akin to apathy, which is actually the first step to depression. Isn't and- neutrality maybe borderline on indifference? Yes, yeah. and indifference, okay, okay. apathy is not a very yeah. positive state. No, it's not. No. Oh, I appreciate that insight on on happiness being a destination or not being a destination and 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 the work that we must do, you know, having it more as a state, not of not as an emotion. And it seems it seems so natural that society kind of ties happiness to emotion. So um and, and that's an incredible insight that you shared, um, which you know uh, you would advise that it's more of a state. Um, it's more manageable. It's less volatile, and 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 that sort of thing. So, Christina, and thank it's you. Trainable. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Trainable. And it's trainable, like yes. anything. You can you yes. can practice. You can train. You can learn. You can mm-hmm. you you can do something about it. It stops being so elusive. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, now stepping back forward to authenticity. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I, I I heard you mention uh, when it comes to being um, authentic. You know, um, there a lot of people in society don't think they're inauthentic, so therefore they are not pursuing authenticity. Um, there are some extreme cases, to your point earlier, that. Um, someone may say, I'm sick of living like this, or, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. Now, in tying the two together, okay, um, 
as you were mentioning this and personal growth, one of the things I thought of is like here on the show, we talk about the four cornerstones to personal growth. Mm -hmm. And um, in our minds, the four cornerstones to personal growth is um, service to others, humility, gratitude, but the foundational piece of all those cornerstones is Mm self-awareness and self-awareness I think would play a significant role in someone discovering that, you know, the, the, it, 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 it's that key piece between someone who doesn't think they're inauthentic to someone who says, I got to stop living like this. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on the role that self-awareness plays in that authenticity? Well, I think that awareness is a superpower. <laughs> it's uh, I actually have a, even a talk about awareness being a superpower. I also believe that awareness is a, uh, is probably the basic, uh, the basis, not the basic, but the foundation of uh, yes. transformation. You cannot yes. change things unless you notice them. Uh, yes. You cannot want you, you. You won't find the motivation to change. You won't find the reason to change. You won't even find uh, that anything needs to be changed unless you are aware. So, uh, I do start any kind of training on personal growth and transformation with. Uh, practice of awareness. In fact, I'm mm. a huge mm. fan of awareness. I don't call it self-awareness per se. I talk about awareness in I general. Okay. Uh, but uh, we, it, these are nuances because self-awareness is in, the, in essence awareness plus introspection where you actually turn that awareness inside yes. yourself. Yes. Uh, and it is definitely an absolutely fundamental skill. Now, does it necessarily need to authenticity? That's a, that, that's a further question because uh, we are inauthentic uh, Partially because we are unaware, right? But very often we are also inauthentic because, um, because it is hard, it is scary to be true to yourself. Yes, yes, and, and that's you, the piece I want us uh, I want us to unpack you, a little further. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, you, you know, because you uh, you, you can be aware of uh, all the. Uh, wonderful things that you're doing wrong and yes. doing nothing about it. You can be aware that you uh, want something more, but you're not doing mm-hmm. anything about it. You can mm-hmm. be aware that you're not standing up for your values, that you are, let's say, compromising something which is important uh, to you and still keep living like that. Of course, yes. I... Um, I believe that if you are truly aware and if you practice awareness with curiosity, you will find sufficient motivation to want to change that. And there's a huge chance that you will start unpacking that whole thing. But awareness per se doesn't doesn't guarantee uh, doesn't guarantee a change. Uh, change right. has to come with a level of uh, of well, not just introspection, but just with a level of. Um, understanding. So um, I have a formula for transformation, which is experience plus awareness. Well, and actually plus support system plus uh, your environment. Uh, Because uh, you, you know, knowledge, for example, it's good, but it doesn't change your life. Right. And those people who have been in personal growth for a long time, they've heard so many wonderful ideas and they pretty much know everything. But if your life doesn't change, it's because that knowledge stays cognitive. It doesn't descend to your living experience. It doesn't, you know, cross over to your cellular level. Mm -hmm, For mm -hmm. you to actually, for, for the knowledge to change anything about your life, you have to have an experience. Yes. Experience allows you to change your paradigm, to change the way mm-hmm. you see the world, to mm-hmm. understand the world differently. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but experience alone, without knowledge, without the awareness, without the framework, is just that. It's experience. It's maybe enjoyable. It's maybe painful. It's some kind of emotions, but it's not a transformation. Transformation happens when both experience and knowledge are combined, but also add support system to it because I also think that you need, you need, you absolutely need um, some kind of uh, support in your life, whether it's a person who loves you unconditionally or, uh, you know, or your environment, which will support you in transformation because transformation is a scary process in, in essence. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And, you know, People toss around the word transformation in all different directions and areas, you know, um, as if it's like a flip of a switch when really it's not. It's it's a truly, truly comprehensive um, uh process where you're not constant. I mean, the trend of transformation isn't constantly inclining. I mean, there's steps you take back, you come up, you go back down, you go up, you know, but as long as that overall trend is an incline, I think um, you're making, you, you know, you're making some progress. I think another element in that transformation would also be a behavior change. Mm -hmm. um, someone, I mean, has the support system, they have the experience, they have the knowledge, um, but also the behavior change in, uh, in, 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 in making that transformation, I think would, would play a part as well. Um, is behavior part of that or what are your thoughts? I talk, I talk about, uh, habit formation as well, because it's such a topic that a lot of people, uh, are super curious about, but I mm -hmm. would expand it a little bit beyond just behaviors, because when we talk about behaviors, we imagine, immediately imagine how you move, how you eat, mm -hmm. uh, how you meditate, how you do anything. Yeah. But uh, transformation actually is not just uh, on that level. I think the deepest transformation is uh, sometimes invisible. It's how you uh, how your thought patterns work. And you mm -hmm. can say, you, you can uh, call that behavior as well to a degree. But let's say how you interpret events, how you react to conflict, how mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. interact with people. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, strictly speaking called behavior, but these are behavioral patterns or they are patterns of thought which uh, which create your living experience. And I think they're much more important than a lot of other things. We are so fascinated by uh, things which are visible because they're so much easier to comprehend and to, to, to work with. It's much mm -hmm. harder to work with how you interpret events in your life <laughs> yeah, it's much yeah. easier to work on how you eat and how you exercise. right yes yes so, <laughs> so yes uh, broadly speaking behavior definitely has to change but i think we should go beyond the superficial and see our thought patterns also as a well as a nuance of behavior i would say makes a lot of sense yeah and that's 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 unpacking the behavior a level deeper to the thought the thought patterns so um thank you so much for sharing that christina that's greatly greatly appreciated one thing you mentioned a moment ago that i found completely fascinating is and and this was what i was getting at right um as you said earlier it's very difficult for someone to um have that self-awareness to take that hard look in the mirror and own, you know, hold themselves accountable and own up to the part they've played in events, the choices they've made, not all are good. Um, the different things and events that have happened in their life, they may have been a cause of a lot of them, you know, and, 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 and that's, and that's hard 
but that is one of the first steps you have to be aware and uh, and i and i love how you just you know you you mentioned awareness and not just self-awareness you know because there there is a level of of importance for awareness for things and elements around you um and 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 so as you were saying that i was thinking well how does someone get over the hump of 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 that hard look in the mirror understand that long term this is something that will benefit me it's Mm. part of the break you down to build you up type of mindset which is the type of mindset i i go on when it comes to personal Mm. growth and what you mentioned was approach with curiosity (laughs) that is fascinating and i truly truly mean that approach Mm. with curiosity then hopefully when you take that approach properly it sounds like it kind of removes that stigma of 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 self-loathing and Mm. deprecation and beating yourself up right because that's not productive either is Mm. that what you were getting at when you mentioned curiosity you know, you you poked at a very deep topic, and we could go so far into it. I, I know, know yes. Have time for that, but <laughs> yeah. um, right, right. You know, um, I would say that, so. When I talk about uh, talk about self love, and I teach self love, I teach mm-hmm. uh, three very important qualities, mm-hmm. or I would say qualities, or maybe skills, uh, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. it's more characteristics, I guess, uh, which are absolutely necessary for you to learn to love and accept yourself. Yes, yes. Uh, and they are honesty, kindness, and courage. Mm-hmm. But I'll leave that at, uh, leave it at that because what I want to say is, as I was listening to you, uh, it's very important to understand that you, prob- you're, you don't need fixing. Nobody needs fixing because right. fixing implies brokenness. I see. What people usually need is healing, mm-hmm. which doesn't imply brokenness. It implies humanness. And this is something which we very often misunderstand. And having been in personal growth for 20 years, I know that we are very hard on ourselves when it comes to personal growth and transformation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, uh, if, you, if you listen to yourself talk, we keep saying, what's wrong with me? Why am I wrong? What's broken with me? Well, we don't right, use right. the word broken, but we imply brokenness. Yeah. Because we, we are fascinated by trying to fix ourselves. And it doesn't work like that. I see. Because um, you see, our fascination with um, basically when people go to personal growth, they want to be a better version of themselves. So they create this picture. I call it the picture of perfection, although it's mostly women who associate with perfectionism, but men also have their version of perfection. Their version of perfection sounds like strong, uh, a leader very often, uh, you know, inspirational, uh, leading people, uh, making you know, creating huge stuff. It's also a picture of perfection, even if they don't use the word perfection. I mean, men don't use the word perfection as much Mm -hmm. as women. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that our fascination with the picture of perfection is the very reason why we feel that we are broken and we need fixing. I see. Because when you when you are fascinated and you are obsessed with becoming a better version of yourself, whenever you're faced with something which doesn't correspond that better uh, correspond to that better version of yourself, mm-hmm. you don't know how to deal with that, and nobody mm-hmm. teaches us how to deal with discomfort. No. Right. So the most natural thing that people do when they face something uncomfortable, when their reality is unpleasant, is that they lie to themselves. Yes. And in yes. psychology, there is a whole lot of this, a whole plethora of mechanisms how we lie to ourselves. They're called defense mechanisms. 
Yes. So we lie to ourselves in a very simple terms. We rather than dealing with the problem, we pretend that it doesn't exist or we Mm -hmm. change the situation. We Mm -hmm. pretend that this is something else. We kind of sweep it under the rug. Yes. So every time that you face yourself not being the best version of yourself that you're aspiring to be, you don't know how to how to react to that. Mm-hmm. So rather than dealing with that, rather than facing your dragons, you just push them away. And you mm. focus harder on perfection and you work harder and you keep telling yourself that you're so broken. So imagine you are trying to fix your health and you are following a diet and then, you know, your uh, willpower resource gets depleted and you you break down and you eat whatever you were supposed not to eat right right your reaction is that in addition to breaking down you're actually uh you're angry with yourself you don't like yourself for not following through Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that fascination with perfection creates the dark side it creates the dragon Ah, okay okay no i see and, 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 you know, this is a great segue to my next question. I wanted to talk with you about your book, Becoming Flossom, okay? Because you, you, you mentioned, you know, we don't need to be fixed. It implies that, you know, that, that we're broken. We just need healing. And so um, your title, Becoming Flossom, first off, I, I love it. It's a great title, you know, and, um, and I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong when, I, when, I'm, when I'm speculating this, but when I first read your title, um, to me, it seemed to imply that, you know, number one, none of us are perfect. We talked about perfection, right? And, um, and, and, and you help people in the book in coming to terms with being secure with our flaws, but we can still be awesome, flawed. Mm-hmm flaws and awesome, I guess. Um, <laughs> can, can, can you break that down for us in, 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 in the, the, the main message of the book? So, you know, I can't take credit for that word. I found it on internet, <laughs> but it was an orphan word. So I adopted uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, sure. also, I also realized that there are a lot of different definitions to flossom and I haven't actually uh, given it a proper definition. And I think I have to correct this mistake eventually. <laughs> it's so funny because my book is titled Becoming Flossom, but I never I never spent two sentences explaining what it means. Ah, okay, okay, understood. <laughs> but it is about being imperfect, for sure. And I think by okay. the end of the book, people understand what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it is about being imperfect and not mm-hmm. just... So it's it's a process, and uh, I want I want to, you to understand that it goes beyond the superficial because we've we've all seen that that um, stereotypical picture of a person oh, who's yeah. like, yes, I'm imperfect, so what? Love me, I love myself. Right, right, yeah, we have. But that's that's also a little bit too simplistic and not what I'm talking about for, at all. Okay. <laughs> not at all okay. what I'm talking about. No, you go what deeper. I'm it sounds about like. is you see, I I talk about honesty, right? You have to be honest if you want to learn to love yourself because you really need to know who you are loving. You cannot love um, an ideal, an image, a picture of perfection. If you love someone. If you truly love them, once you're beyond that period of being in love, you can only love a person if you know who they are. Right. 
and if you're willing to love them imperfect. So the same applies to yourself. If you want to learn to love yourself, you first have to understand who you are. And um, we touched very briefly upon how we lie to ourselves, but this is such a wonderful topic because once you start discovering it, you suddenly realize, like, (laughs) you know, everything is an illusion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you do. (laughs) It's an illusion. So uh, it actually also gives you some liberty and freedom to to be at ease with that. So what? You might be wrong. You might be imperfect. So what's the big deal? You're human. Yes. So, But going beyond that, going beyond accepting your flaws, uh, what I want to achieve by my book is to help people look their dragons in the eye and Mm -hmm. realize that their biggest strength the most valuable, unique qualities probably lie in those very dragons that they have been afraid of all their life. Hmm. Okay. That's pretty profound and thought-provoking. <laughs> um, the very things that they're trying to avoid or turn their back on. Very often hold their Their strongest strength. qualities. Their biggest strengths, their most unique value to the world. Well, uh, Mm -hmm. a very simple example would be, I do not know if you've seen uh, X-Men. I have children, so I've watched a lot of I've seen one or two. (laughs) Not many. They have the character there. She's called Mystique, and she's Mm -hmm. blue. Her natural Mm -hmm. form is blue with red hair. Yes. Uh, And she's uh, obviously, she has super super qualities, like super strength and whatnot. But because uh, she wants to blend in, she walks uh, through the movie in the beginning of the of the franchise she walks as a blonde woman played by mm. god i forgot the name of the actress <laughs> but mm-hmm. as a blonde woman blonde yes. young beautiful yes uh, and then there is this one episode where um uh, it's 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 compl- complicated, of course, to describe the episode. But basically, her friend tells her that by trying to look normal, she's uh, wasting half of her attention on things that don't matter. Um. And when her life depends on that, uh, and 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 the, 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 there's this moment when when she really has to save her life, and she yeah. turns into that blue creature. Mm. I see. So, so the point is that very often by trying to be something what we are not, we're right. depriving that attention from things that really matter. And that takes energy too. Yes. It's, it's taking up energy. It's taking up time and, uh, and, and the focus on what really matters, it sounds like. Yes. Wow. Um, I love the example with X-Men. Now it's going to inspire me to watch X-Men a little <laughs> bit more. But, but it's I, from uh, X-Men First Class, just in case, because oh, there are a lot well, of Well, thank you. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch. There, the franchise has a bunch of different, you know, um, movies that make it, right? And so um, you said First Class? Yes. Wonderful. First Class. <laughs> All right. Man, fantastic. That I'm going to think about what you mentioned earlier probably for the rest of the day <laughs> regarding, you know, the, the dragons that we run away from and turn away from contain most cases, our strongest qualities and strength. Um, yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's not an easy thing to, I, I guarantee yeah. because, you know, we, um, the, the the point I guess and and of course we are talking just five minutes and then sure, I sure. have a whole yeah. book about that. Uh, the point is that very often by denying, 
you know, we have to make a difference between bad habits yes. and characteristics. Mm-hmm. There are bad habits which you can drop, like smoking or I don't know, sure. like eating something which is unhealthy to you or right. whatever. Right. Bad right. habits are easy to eradicate, but then there are qualities about you. And if you work all your life on trying to eradicate a part of you, on, tr- on, on trying to heal you out of being yourself, then obviously you are depriving yourself of a lot of energy. You are not accepting something which is just integral part of you. And sometimes that something is not a pleasant thing to uh, mm-hmm. acknowledge, to admit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can talk about, uh, let's say perfectionism. It's an easy one. Because perfectionism is, we know that it is actually uh, preventing a lot of people from doing things. It it can actually make you procrastinate or or not go for the challenges. But it is an easy dragon to admit. Because we also wear perfectionism as a badge of honor. But you see, uh, a few years ago, I heard this wonderful phrase, I'm recovering perfectionist. And I was calling myself recovering perfectionist until I realized that perfectionism is not a bad habit in my case. It's my integral part. And I cannot mm. be recovering from being myself. I see. I so see. rather than trying to eradicate that part of me, mm-hmm. I just accepted that, okay, this is what it is. Can I live with that? Right. Can I learn to work with that? And what can I, how can I use that, that peculiar quality of mine to my advantage? Right. How do you manage it in such a way? Yes. To where it's um, it's it's uh, it's a strength and not a deterrent, right? But I'll 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 drop a worse one, and maybe I won't unpack it. I'm also a very uh, leisurely person. Okay. I don't like stress. I like very yes. slow mornings. You can call mm-hmm. it lazy, and this is not a bad <laughs> habit. No, it's not a bad habit which I'm going to eradicate because it's just right. part of me. Yeah. But I've learned to work around it to still be productive. Yes. And actually, you know, if you think about the, the evolution of civilization, mm-hmm. civiliza- human civilization happened because we try to make our life easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So in a way, you can look at it as harnessing laziness. That's a very unique perspective. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah because um, I love the example of laziness that you shared when it comes to how you manage it to where you can still be productive but not really change or eradicate part of who you are, which is you like nice, slow slow mornings. mornings. Yeah. And I also don't like to do uh, horrible jobs, which are boring me out of my wits. I'm because of that quality. I'm so good at delegating. I'm so good at building teams. (laughs) And that's where your strengths are. See, so you're leveraging your strengths. You see, yeah. or I could live all my life fighting this part of me, which is just there. No matter which is how expending hard I a lot of energy. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So, Christina, can you tell us about um, live by your own rules? Was this like a, night, a 30 day learning type? Uh, crusade yeah it's a it's a quest it's a program Mm -hmm. uh, online program I actually don't remember how long it is but probably it is 30 days because I recorded it uh, quite a few years ago okay Uh, it was um, 
I have I have a few newer courses right now, which uh, which I I like much more. But that mm -hmm. was my initial first program, which I recorded as result of me working in personal growth and transformation for such a long time with the best teachers. And I just thought okay. I have to distill it into something. So of course it's uh, it's talking about living life by your own. Well, I mean the, the title is self-explanatory. It's about yeah. living life by your own rules, mm -hmm. and it touches upon some of the topics which uh, which I. Uh, I, I discovered later much much more in depth. I do mm -hmm. talk about happiness and self love there for a very brief moment, but that that course kind of started me on on the path of discovering those topics because I I, I think that probably um, when it comes to living by your own rules, um, being yourself and valuing your own happiness are probably the most important parts about it. Yes, uh, I agree very much so. And uh, one thing that I took from uh, from that title is, you know, living by your own rules, but, you know, you want to be armed with the tools and the insights that 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 you teach. OK, that you write about, um, you know, once you have those those tools um, and, and know more about yourself, then I think you really can live by your own rules. You know, and in such a way that 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 doesn't hurt anyone outside of your circle, you know, and uh, and 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 you you know you have your boundaries, you have you know things that you pursue, you have things that you don't, and uh, and leveraging your strengths and energy, right? You have this wonderful uh, talent of touching upon such profound and deep topics. <laughs> and uh, right now you touched upon uh, another distortion of, uh, of our industry, which is, um, you know, the, the, the distortion of boundaries and authenticity. I'm sure you have heard, you have met very unpleasant people who insist that they're just being true to themselves. But actually yeah. what they're doing is that they're hiding behind that beautiful idea. They're, they're just uh, being rude. And, yes. Uh, uncivil and inconsiderate of other people. Living by your own rules is not contradictory to being nice, to being considerate, to being compassionate, to being no, no. pleasant in society. I mean, you you don't have to be rude no. to know your values. You don't have to right. be rude to say this is important to me. Right. You don't have to be uncivil. So um, I, I think that that this is such a wonderful topic and maybe I should just I should uh, think about it more and maybe write a book about that because this is this is the extreme end and I don't think it has much to do with authenticity or you loving yourself I think actually almost all the uh, all the unpleasant things and horrible things that we do to each other they come from lack of self-love rather than the right. abundance of self-love um, mm. but yeah living by your own rules if uh, it, it, it actually means that you uh, are probably a valuable member of society who actually has a meaningful life and makes a meaningful contribution. 100%. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. So, um, yeah. And um, at face value, the title, I, you know, I, I just, um, I, and I'm sure this, this quest really breaks down what that truly means, as you explained so eloquently earlier, Christina, um, you know, not causing trouble, not hurting people, you know, and, and, and having the boundaries, but still living by your own rules and being productive and a member of society. So thank you for qualifying that and sharing that insight. I really appreciate it. I hope this conversation 
inspires you to write another book. You know, I'd love <laughs> to have you back on the show to talk about that book. As My next uh, one. <laughs> yeah, your next one for sure. You know, uh, speaking of which, how can the listeners follow you and learn more about your great work and uh, reserve a copy of your book? So my book uh, is available on my website, christinamand.com slash book. But Christina Mand is written in an Estonian way. So it's with a K. Christina with a K, M-A-N-D, mand.com slash book. And of course, you will find me on uh, on Mindvalley because I'm a co-founder of Mindvalley and I'm omnipresent there. I mean, not Uh all the time, but of course I I pop up there every once in a while along with other wonderful teachers. And Mm -hmm. all my my social media handles are just Christina Mond. Oh, fantastic. We'll make sure and put those social media handles, the website, the web address to reserve a copy of the book. All that good stuff will be on the episode show notes for our listeners to click and connect with you as they are listening to this wonderful conversation. Christina, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you sharing the in, your insights um, from, from your 20 plus years of personal growth background with our listeners. Our listeners are people who are goal oriented. They're looking for ways to improve within themselves who they are. And you've shared some things that I have no doubt has resonated with them. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope so. And thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it was a pleasure. Oh, yeah. Pleasure for us as well. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one, a colleague, a neighbor, a friend who seems to be just down in the dumps, not quite themselves, uh, going through dark days of despair, not quite sure where to go or who to turn to, I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And number two, there is always hope. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Road to Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.